Welcome, Temple family and friends. We're so glad to have you joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. This podcast aims to engage our faith community through thoughtful biblical discussions centered on God's Word. Our goal is to explore Scripture together to discover the wisdom it has for our lives. In this podcast, we'll be diving deep into God's truths and discussing how they impact our daily living. We're eager to unpack the riches of the Bible with you all, our extended church family. And now, here's Temple Talk. Welcome, Temple family and friends, to a special episode of Temple Talk. Tonight, we have the privilege of diving into the testimonies of two incredible individuals, Dan and Amy Martin. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Hello. Thank you so much for having us in your home. Welcome. Yes, welcome. So we invite the third chair as well um, to, to join us as we uh, explore the uh, your stories and the profound impact of Christ in your lives. And we've had a little bit of a, of a preview just kind of in our conversations uh, talking. Um, and we're excited for an episode that that resonates with the authenticity, that's a big word, of, uh, of personal encounters with Jesus. So uh, I kind of want to let you guys have the floor, um, but I would love to know just kind of to start off, you know, um, obviously your members at Temple and I would love to know kind of how that came about, how long you've been here, uh, and some of your stories about about Temple. Okay, well, <laughs> I um, started coming to Temple Church in about 2005, mid-2005, and um, was at the Henderson Ave site, and course, you know, then we were at the um, Grover C. Middle School then for a while, um, and then back to the church and then in the new building. So um, was there on the first day we met the new building, wow. the site, our current site, and, uh, um, and was, well, am still a member, but um, when, when Amy and I were married in 2009, was about the same time her father, who was a retired chaplain from the Navy, he retired also and took a church in Havelock. And Amy and I decided that we would go support him in that ministry. Mm-hmm. So we transferred our membership to the church in Havelock, Cherry Point Baptist Church. And we're there for about 12 years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then um, when her father retired from there, we decided to come back to temple. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the short version of, of, you know, when I first started coming to temple. Yeah. For those of us who have only been here, you know, a few years, it's, it's hard to imagine temple other than what it is right now. So I, I hadn't even heard about <laughs> the other buildings. Well, you know, it, and Amy, Amy was there a little bit longer than me. Mm-hmm. She was going there um, probably a year or two longer. About Before I started coming. Yeah, about 2004 is when I came to Temple. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I fully, well, I know it was Jesus in my life and the Holy Spirit drawing me because it was just such a great group. I mean, one of the first people I remember meeting, Jamie Wetherington, and I'm sure some people hearing this may know him, may not, um, but Wayne Bell, Angela Bell. I mean, those those two were very active in that ministry. That was before they were married and before they were dating. I'm mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Of course, Wayne and Angela would tell me, but that they met there. But I remember, you know, very vividly their involvement and in all of that. So, you know, um, there are some folks from that time 
obviously that still come to church, but, but it was, uh, it's a big group, you know, and it just really blossomed and, and it was just a really awesome, just for me, you know, um, just a really spirit led, um, time mm-hmm. in my, in my walk with Christ. Yeah. And you two mentioned that, that you found each other at Temple. Um, so kind of walk me through that as far as, you know, how did that yeah. in the same small group or? <laughs> um, so I started coming to Temple about 2004 because I moved from D.C. because I was a military brat. And so my dad got stationed here at Cherry Point. And so anyway, so I came to Temple for, I would say, probably about two years um, where I was really active and helping out with the youth ministry. Um, I would pop in and out with the singles ministry, but I didn't really... Um, wasn't as active then. So then I kind of, um, about a year, I actually started going and visiting my family in Wilson. So I wasn't, I wasn't at Temple active for like about a year. Then when I came back, I would say it was about 2007, um, is when I started getting active in, into the singles ministry. And that's when we were at Kingdom Way. And so, um, I was in the younger singles group, and then we had kind of like a leadership group. So that's kind of where I met Dan, along with some other people, and um, actually ended up switching to Dan's um, Sunday school class with some other singles, and really just cultivated this great friendship where we just kind of, he and I were probably some of the more active ones, so we mm-hmm. we hung out with each other a lot with all the other singles, and um, yeah, God just knew what he was doing because he just created a solid foundation for me and Dan. And then um, a couple of years into the friendship, we actually had a singles um, conference at our church where we had singles from North Carolina come in and do that. And Dan was the drummer. Um, And then, you know, we had some other female people who kind of came in and um, were singing and for whatever reason, life happened, right? So they kind of dropped out. And so they're like, we're desperate. Hey, no. what about Amy? <laughs> so, um, no one said we were. So desperate. I kind of came in. Um, I I jokingly say that I was the backup to the backup to the backup. Um, and so in that time, I think that's when kind of the Lord kind of knit our hearts together a little yeah. bit differently. And so we just kind of um, talked about it, um, and then it was kind of like a, I don't know if we should or we shouldn't. And then when we did, we just kind of knew that if we dated, we'd probably get married because Mm. God just knit our hearts and our friendship so closely together for those years. And so, yeah, and to everybody else, it was a no brainer, but I was the last one to clue in on that. So, um, yeah, we dated, (laughs) I think for about, um, gosh, we started dating in June of 2000. Yep. You're better at this than I am. June 05. That's right. Yeah. And then... Um, well, June... Yeah, June 5th. We got engaged the next, the following month. April, and then we got married October 3rd, 2009. Yeah. And so it was kind of a... Yeah, I kind of yeah. told him I wanted a short engagement. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we kind of... Um, he proposed to me um, in the Jefferson during the Cherry Blossom Festival. Um, so that was kind of special to me because when I lived in D.C., um, that's where I did a lot of my quiet times. So that mm. was very special to me. So yeah, it was a neat time. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, besides just being members, y'all are, are, you know, part of temple as well. Dan, I know that you're a, a deacon yep. as well as serving on the staff. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
yeah, wow, God, you're something. <laughs> um, you know, because I, you know, I retrospect back through my life and I think I'm on staff at a church, you know, I'm working at the church, I'm a deacon at the church. It's just amazing what God does in a person's life. Um, you know, we're talking about this uh, singles ministry and Amy and I meeting. You know, I had come out of a divorce, and it was and it was just a really tough time in my life. Mm-hmm. And and when I went, well, I'd say I, the Holy Spirit got me to the point of just total surrender. It was it was, you know as we say, kind of one of those mountaintop experiences in your Christian walk, you know, where you just, you, I always remember that, like a spiritual marker. And, uh, um, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I got to marry my best friend. I mean, we were great friends for two years. And, and you know, I know I'm kind of fast forward to, to now. Um, I am on staff at the church. I'm the um, facilities manager work with Tim Lackey and uh, he's the director of the facilities at the church and and a deacon and um, um, I've been a small group leader and um, working with the production team you know started out kind of running cameras and and um, the switchboard up in the uh, the audio video booth upstairs and and now I've gotten the opportunity to play drums, which is just, you know, just a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, it's just great how God um, kind of opens these doors for us, you know, that sometimes we didn't even know we really wanted to go through them. Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to be in front of everybody playing drums. I mean, I like playing drums. I like playing the guitar, you know, as as I know you do as well. Yeah. But uh you know, God kind of pushes us through things like that mm-hmm. sometimes. So, so yeah, so, so, um, very, very much enjoying it. I love my church family. I'm just really excited where God is, is, um, in our church and how he's kind of moving us forward and growing us in this time. Yeah. Um, it, now you mentioned the kind of that mountaintop moment. I want to talk to both of you guys, uh, about your, your testimonies and kind of hear, uh, a little bit about that and, and, kind of answer the question, you know, a lot of times there's um, that mountaintop moment that you mentioned, that that changing point in our life. And sometimes it's more gradual that all of a sudden you just kind of realize you're in a place that, that you weren't before. So kind of talk me through um, each of your, your stories. Okay, so, um, so I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a Navy chaplain and, um, mm-hmm. and my mom, she was homemaker extraordinaire um we were kind of the house that everybody wanted to come to and um and so my parents did a great job of showing and cultivating what a relationship with the lord really was like Mm -hmm. what i mean i remember um just tangible like little ways of like praying for different things and to the point of even where we laid hands on people and my mom would anoint people with oil and so like i just had these practical tangible ways and so for me and I had a great home church mm-hmm. my my church I mean I remember I was telling Dan the other day when we were talking about this like in third grade I had Sunday school teachers going over the Passover and doing an actual Seder meal for us and so um, I just was blessed with people who just really were intentional about discipling me and so um, I probably um, well not probably but um, I came to, to accept Christ in fifth grade mm-hmm. and so um, 
I was kind of the last one in my friends to kind of get saved in Sunday school. And so, but for me, I would say probably more towards my like high school years and college years is where really that personal relationship kind of catapulted. I had some several things that kind of happened through those times. I had some friends that got killed in car accidents. I had, um, I went through a spout of, um, where I was, had anorexic tendencies where I was not really. And so all through those moments, um, God just really used Ecclesiastes um, to really minister to my heart about the realities of this world and just how tragic things happen and just sucky things happen and just how all of it is not, it's, it just as it says, it's meaningless And if we don't have the hope of Christ. And so through all those things, God has used, especially Ecclesiastes 3, um, to help me kind of, because I'm an emotional person, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so um, just kind of helped me to cultivate that it's normal to have those feelings and that yeah. things will happen. But if you keep the hope of Christ, he will get you through it. And so, um, so, so just some of the moments that I had is my dad, as I mentioned before, was... Um, he was the head chaplain over D.C. during 9-11. Wow. And so I lived in D.C. during that time. And um, I was in college, and my mom and I shared my car. And so she had just, we had just moved into D.C. We had moved, we lived in Northern Virginia. And um, so anyway, she had, she had dropped me off at school. And on the way before school, we heard about New York City. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went to class had class like normal, um, came out and it was utter chaos. Yeah. And so I didn't know what happened. And so I had some classmates, um, that I had befriended and they took me over to their apartment, but I didn't know where my dad was. Um, it was very often that he was in the Pentagon. Um, I knew my mom was driving back home on the bridge. And so, um, in front of the Pentagon, I yeah. went from, not knowing where my family was, if I was going to survive or if they were survived or what, or even loved ones. And so, um, it just, I just was, I don't know. I was just overcome with grief and just paused and just trying to figure out what, what to do. And so that really put me in a moment of moments, months, because after that, we had all these prayer vigils. We had mm -hmm. survivors. My best friend's father was the sole survivor of his office. Mm. So, like, all these moments and moments of going through it. My dad, poor thing, had to go to the loved ones of ones who didn't make it. Damn. My mom has flashbacks of seeing people run from the Pentagon. So all these things, it was just, you know, I was about to be an orphan. I didn't know. And so, um, thankfully, my parents were okay. I found out hours later. Um but that really rocked me. Yeah. Um, and so um, I really started thinking, oh, gosh, I've had this like blessed life, very easy life in the realm of things and to be without parents. Like, so it really shifted me to go, I really need to get my relationship with the Lord right. I really need to make him my priority. And so through all that really kind of put that in there. I really started practicing spiritual disciplines, mm -hmm. like meditating and prayer and all that stuff that just really honed in that personal relationship with God. And so I saw the, the practicality and the importance of consistency of being in the word and being intentional with him. And so that would probably, I would think I've had several milestones, I would say, mm -hmm. um, for my spiritual life, but that really, um, rocked me because, yeah. um, yeah. And just seeing it, and driving by it 
for months and months. Um, yeah, that yeah. would probably be the big thing for me. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, when you talk about spiritual kind of markers like that, those mountaintop experiences, I I think of of a of some more than one like in my life, like. Um, <clears throat> when I was raised in a church family, um, we went to church. I wouldn't say Christianity was huge, but, you know, my mother made sure we went to church. She was a Sunday school teacher. And, um, and I, as I grew up, um, knew church. I knew the Lord. Um, I hadn't accepted him. Until, it was interesting, I was uh, about 14 years old, and my dad would only let my oldest sister, which she was uh, about four years older than me, she would only, which put her about 17, would only let her go if I went with her, right? Um, so she took me with her, and this was a Bible study called The Upper Room, and I'm going to date myself here because... <laughs> Recently, you know, this um, this Jesus movement, that movie we saw with Lonnie Frisbee, yeah, right? right? Jesus Revolution, that's what oh, it was. That's what, yeah. So, so, you know, out in California, well, as that kind of moved east, it really kind of in the early 70s, that all kind of was the same kind of time that there was this Bible study we went to. And I mean, it was just spirit led, just really. And it was the first time that I remember really having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I was just a little 14-year-old kid sitting back in the corner. You know, this is the attic of a of a veterinary's, actually, office. And we were upstairs in this, up. you know, there's probably 20 or so kids up there. And uh, great preaching. And, I mean, it was just, and I remember sitting there to myself. Now, I didn't get up. I didn't walk down the aisle or, you know, admit. But to myself, I, I prayed that prayer, mm -hmm. you know, of salvation. And I didn't know what I was doing or saying, but I knew that something was going on. So um, from that point forward in my life, the Holy Spirit, you know, we, we just had this conversation last week in class talking about, you know, once saved, always saved. Can you lose your salvation? All this, which, you know, is often a conversation. But for me and my testimony, I could not run away. I could not not have the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, there was plenty of times in my life that I was doing things far from church, far from anything Christ-like. But I always came back to that, just that, that, that kind of yearning. I could feel that Holy Spirit pulling at me. You know, I'd get into things I shouldn't. I could feel that mourning, you know. So, um, so as I, uh, progressed through life, um, I always came back uh, to the Lord. I would come to church on a Saturday or, you know, I was kind of always talk about having one foot in the world and one foot in the church, you know, kind of that fence rider kind of situation. But, um, and it was about 2006. Uh, I was at work and this was just, for me, just the most powerful moment. And it was after a time that I had rededicated my life. It was probably, I don't know, three or four, maybe six months later 
um, who through a friend had invited me to his church, and I went to his church, and it was great. Spirit drew me, and I redeaded my life to Christ, but I still was just struggling with, you know, I had been through divorce and just all these things, and and I was sitting out in, I retired from the Wildlife Commission, and I used to do a bunch of work on equipment and whatnot, and I'm out in the field working on a piece of equipment, it's like 95 degrees, I'm soaking wet, I mean, I'm grease up to my elbows by myself, been out there all day, and just, just, I just felt broken. I mean, I just, just missed, was missing something, thinking to myself, praying to myself, why can't I have, you know, you hear people say, oh, what is, what is it about that person? There's something about that person that, you know, that's different or, you know, that, that I just wish I had that, you know, and I, and I remember praying to myself, I was like, Lord, why can't I, what am I not doing right? Why can't I have that? And, and it wasn't audible, but in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit said, you can, you know, and oddly enough, it's the Nike slogan, just do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, was it literally something that kept going over and over in my mind, just do it. And from that, and I mean, in that moment, I was, it, it was like an epiphany. I was like, you know, it seems really simple, right? It is, it is there for all of us, right? For everyone. But for whatever reason, I thought that I just couldn't grasp it. And when that came over me, I mean, I can remember, oh my goodness, it was a Wednesday too. And I came to Wednesday night service at Temple and tra- chased down one of my good friends and grabbed him by the arm and told him about this moment that I had that day. I mean, I had chills, 100 degrees, 98 degrees outside. Hot as I was, I had absolute chill come over me when I felt that that I that it is for me. I can do that. And and from them from there forward, I you know, I'm certainly not perfect, but have been sold out yeah. for Christ. I mean, so so for me, that is just a huge moment that um that that I thought something that I could not access became accessible to me. Right. So that was probably one of my one of my most memorable moments in my Christian walk, because from them forward, I knew that this salvation we talk about, this this saving, right, of our lives, of our souls, is for me. It's for all of us, mm-hmm. but but it's just you know, and I. But even, it's different when it makes it personal yeah. to me versus for everyone. For sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even just verbalizing that right now is just, it's it's very. It's powerful. It's very encouraging me, even in this moment. You know that you know, the struggles we go through today. Mm-hmm. You know that that he he is he. It is for us. Yeah, one of the most powerful things that that sticks with me that I remember is is when um, one of my preachers read John, but he said I'm going to change the words a little bit because I want it I want it to be real. And he says, "For God so loved you, me, right. that he sent God." He sent his son, and yeah. and it was it was hearing that like what you were saying of, yeah, he did love the world. That kind of washes over us, but he loved me so much that he sent his son for me. Like, oh, that does hit differently. Right. Like to hear that. From yeah, when you hear too. when you hear someone say, 
when you hear someone say that Christ would die on that cross just for me, mm-hmm. if it was only me, if I was the only person here, that is that would have been just for me as well yeah. as for everyone. And that's that's yeah, that's that's powerful. So I want to talk through. Um, you know, you, you have such powerful stories. I want to get get some wisdom while I've sure. got you. So I, I would love to hear from each of you an idea or something that you would encourage someone with of, you know, the struggles that you've gone through, the challenges that you've gone through. What what advice would you give somebody of, hey, I've been through this. This is what I came out of it with. Oh, well, <laughs> okay, sure. Um, uh, Take it away, Dan. You know, when I think, uh, you know, of course, I'm a, I'm a squirrel brain. <laughs> yes. Right, yes. my my small group would tell you that I know that we're, we're like the squirrel. Yeah, the pathfinders. We're like the squirrel brains, because um, I think of several things that would be helpful for someone, and and I would say one is coming through divorce. Mm-hmm. Going through divorce was very hard for me. Uh, my um, and I still call them my boys. My two sons were. My stepchildren, they were, uh, you know, from previous marriages, but those are my boys Mm -hmm. and they still call me dad today. Now, when I got divorced, that was really hard, you know, to see that, you know, deteriorate and them go live elsewhere. Uh, But they always come back and visit. And like I said, they still call me dad today. But the the thing about, about divorce that just really comes to my heart was one of the things that I did through this singles ministry was for, I guess it was for a couple of years, I facilitated divorce care. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really awesome to see something that was so difficult for me and such a struggle and so heartbreaking turn into something that helped others. Cause yeah. there was a lot of people that came through there that struggled through that same thing. And, you know, found healing and found Christ and, you know, grew and, 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 um, got through that. So that would be one encouragement, certainly, uh, of many, you know, because you can get through it, Mm -hmm. but you can also help others in it, you know? Um, it's wild. It's one of those things that's so difficult to say. You can't say it in the moment for sure of God can use this for good because in the moment, I don't think people are ready to hear that, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that struggle is of God's going to be able to use this for good. But when we look back, so often that's the case, right? Is that all of these these terrible things that we've gone through, God does use that for good mm-hmm. if we let him. And, you know, I've been through the divorce as well and was able to help somebody else through it. But going through it, one of the worst experiences of, of, of your life, you know, and it's hard to have that perspective. But yeah. that's awesome to hear you know, on the, on the yeah. tail side of that, you know, to, to be able to hear that. Yeah. Yep. I think for me, like, um, I was joking with some of our, with some of the people from our small group, um, that we kind of had like a home Bible study that we were doing. We started off with experiencing God and then we went to, did something else. And then we ended up doing, what was the one? That, the cure. The cure. And then mm. we ended up doing with one of my favorite, um, preachers, Louis Giglio's, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about Psalm 93. and 23. 23, excuse me. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, and just about, song. you know, that, that famous psalm, you know. And um, I kept joking, like, 
I was going through it with our small group. Then I went through with a teenager. Then I went through with another friend. I was like, okay, Lord, you're really pounding this on me. Like, what are you trying to teach me through this? I mean, I know, and I, it was like a year, year and a half. And so, um, and I think the thing for me is that part in the Psalm where it says that he will walk through it. So I have to remind, remind myself, because I'm going through a hard time now um, with my best friend and some other things. And, and so um, I have to remind myself that it's a daily thing, that I have to remind myself that it, I have to keep going to the Lord and that he is with me and he will walk me through it. doesn't say run. doesn't say we're going to sprint through it. It says he's going to walk, but he will. And I just, um, I have to be mindful of that, that it's a two-way street. Like if I want God to get me through this, I've got to go to him. I've got to seek him. I've got to put it down. I've got to give it to him. I am guilty of picking it back up and, and taking it, but daily, sometimes all throughout the day, you know? And so I just have to remind myself that it's important to be in the word, to be spending time with the, with the Lord. I love that we can sit out back here with our lake because sometimes just being alone in that solitude and just kind of sitting there with him and just feeling his presence it's a comfort to me, you know, and Amen. then also too, you know, being a part of a church and being, being in a small group, you know, I have many Christian friends who aren't going to church right now and I'm, and I get it. There's things that are not fun about church. Sometimes you get hurt. I've been church hurt, but it's so important and pivotal to be around fellow believers who can come alongside of you and mm -hmm. pray for you. So I definitely would say, you know, get with fellow believers, get people who can support you when you don't feel like you can and remind you how important it is to really seek that time with the Lord so that when things are chaotic around here, that you still feel his peace. Because that's the thing I think with my walk is that when things have rocked me, like I've been rocked recently, um, with my best friend's diagnosis. And so, um, that peace, you know, and I'm still able to have joy because that comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the circumstances. It comes from being consistent with that walk in the Lord so that when you are in those high moments in these valleys, that's what gets you through. You may be crawling, you know, but he'll get you through it mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, we've, we've said multiple times on the podcast that if you are if you are in a small group that you're not really connected with, find a new small group. And if you're not in a small group, get in a small group. And it sounds like you guys have experience that yeah. you agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and one thing too, I'm thinking this, you know, listening to Amy talk and I just, the song comes to mind, Tony's sitting over there. The <laughs> song comes to mind. Oh, I'm trying to think of even who sings it. I want to say it's Elevation Worship. Um, the Restless Love of God. How's that go? Corey Asbury. Yeah. No mountain he won't climb up. Yep. No valley he won't, right? Hey, Tony. Hi, guys. <laughs> and the encouragement that I would say, I would, well, another encouragement I would want to say to anybody that hears this is that, that Christ died for you, that that salvation is available for every one of us. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, He is after you, that restless love of God, right? Because, you know, I've not, I've never had any kind of musical training or, you know, I wasn't in band in high school. You know, I can't read music, um, but I love music and I love to play music. I love to play the guitar. My brother's the musician, was a very well-educated trumpet player and he plays drums now. And 
has his whole life. And I always grew up around music and drums and just, just I love the messages that you hear in these songs that we get to sing on Sunday about, about things like that, about the restless love of God. And, uh, it's just, it blows me away to think of where I've been and, and where God has brought me. I mean, I'm getting to play drums with a praise and worship group on stage, you know, at my church. It just, it just absolutely blows me away. Mm -hmm. I really think that, that music is a language that God uses really specifically for some people. Like I didn't know that that was, that was a kind of a key part for my heart, but I am a very logical person. Um, things don't really get to my emotions very hard, but man, I'll hear a song or two or something. It'll just break me down. Like it breaks down all the walls sometimes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As it was interesting this afternoon or really when Tony got here that it really hit me about, about why are we, why are we, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's the point to a podcast or listening to some guys and his wife sit here and talk about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> other than somebody hearing it yeah. that that may have done something similar or, you know, be able to relate. And the, then that Holy Spirit comes through that, that moment, you know, to them. So, so, you know, there's just, um, you know, I am 62 years old. When I say that, I'm like, what? No <laughs> way. You know, cause I think I'm really like 20, Four. <laughs> in my mind now physically i'm 61 and a half <laughs> but um uh you know and having experienced all those years and all those times you know i think about about how how things that i look back on in my life and i think oh my goodness i wish that wouldn't have happened i wish i wouldn't have done this i mm -hmm. wish it would if i had it to do over or whatnot you know however you may put it yeah um how intricately God has kind of woven all that together to lead up to today because um, I don't deserve who, where I am mm -hmm. or what I have or this, or this, you know, salvation or this, you know, this, just this joy that, that Christ gives us, that the Holy Spirit gives us. Um, but yet I have it. So, um, I just, I would just, I would encourage anyone out there that is struggling, that doesn't think they're worth it or worthy or whatever that is. I just, I just want you to know that you're wrong, that you are worth it. We all are, you know, there is no one that this salvation we talk about isn't for, mm -hmm. no one. And that is powerful to me, you know. You are talking about the tapestry. It's it's funny. My wife and I talk about it a lot. It, the The idea of, I think that based on you know our timelines, my wife and I matching up, that ten fifteen years ago we were in the same town, um, and obviously didn't know each other at that point. We only met about five years ago, um, but we we think through our lives at that point, and we're both we both think. Never, absolutely never would have worked out. We needed those other years, the pain that we went through to become the people that we needed to be for each other. Right. That, 
you know, all of the, the the mess that we went through that at the time just hated. Yeah. But we realized that th- through that, God was developing in ourselves um, to be able to get us to the point where we could meet um, yeah. and to get us to here and to temple. And, and it's, like you said, this tapestry that doesn't make sense when you're in it. And my wife will say it's when you're... Um, what is it, cross-stitching or something like that, if you look at the back, it's it's a mess and you can't see it. And then you flip it over and you're like, oh, it's beautiful. I had no idea because I was on the wrong side of things. And it feels like that when we're in the middle of it, it looks like a mess, can't tell what's going on, that when you're finally able to look back at it, you're like, oh, I see. I see what God was working right. on. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You know, I was just thinking back to the question you asked earlier, you know, about people who are struggling. Um just a practical thing and it's not for everybody but it might help somebody but for me like my parents cultivated this like be thankful be be your blessings and so you know if you do that let's say you're having (laughs) you're not even having like a valley or a peak you're just Mm kind of you know there's one of my favorite podcasts called the glorious and the mundane and um and i love that because it cultivates this attitude and the spirit of like, let me find God in the simple mundane things. And so my parents did a great job of doing that, that even in hardships, like I remember being on the side of the road about a car and we just praying, laying hands on the car. And, and, but also they said, okay, what can we be thankful for that we don't have? And so I think if you can find that and you can see where you can find God in those small mundane, you know, I don't have any children, but I'm sure there's parents out there that just run ragged because, you know, there are a lot of energy. And so, um, you know, just in those mundane things, finding God in that moment, it'll help you when you cultivate that, that spirit of that, that when you're struggling with things, God will still give you those glimpses of hope and he'll still give you those people that you can kind of say, oh, let me pray for them. And if you take that focus off that struggle sometimes, it helps carry lighten that load a little bit. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it, it's so true and it's so rich in that when you can find God in those moments, it really helps to kind of see the light and the hope that, okay, he is going to walk me through this. He is going to get me through this. I just have to be patient. And patience is not my strong suit, but <laughs> the Lord definitely tries to teach me that more and more sometimes I'm like Lord don't love me so much that you're trying to teach me that much but um but yeah just definitely yeah. find him in those small moments because he's there yeah. you just gotta you gotta sit still enough which is also not one of my strong suits um <laughs> but to do that and he'll show up he yeah. will so, yeah. Chelsea sent me something on Instagram a little while ago that's been stuck in my brain that says to you it's it's just a regular day, but to your children, it's their whole childhood. And it's a lot like what you were saying, like to be able to find in those days, you know, it doesn't seem like it at the time and we are running ragged. Um, but what we're building in them is hopefully a consistent message of, hey, God is here. This is how we do life. Um, and it's, you know, I look back at my childhood and I don't remember everything, but I remember the feeling and I remember, you know, going to church and I remember different pieces and aspects of it that, you know, hopefully we're, we're building in, you know, like you're saying, like an everyday consistent yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Amy, there was a story. What? And I want you to tell this. I'm not going to tell it, but you, she, we were kind of going over this yesterday 
And there was a story that she told me that I thought was really powerful about um, how you don't you don't know necessarily how your walk affects others, right? So there was this time. You want to tell it, or you want me to tell it? <laughs> okay. So as I'd mentioned before, my dad was a Navy chaplain, and with that. For those who are not military um, savvy or whatnot, but because he was a Navy chaplain, he could work with several branches of the military, not just the Navy. And so because of that, I really didn't move that much from first to 10th grade. I moved a lot before first grade. I moved a little bit after um, 10th grade. But anyways, um, so I grew up in Northern Virginia. And um, and so my dad got orders to um, Paris Island, South Carolina. Um, and we were supposed to move before my ninth grade year however I was a little bit of brat and I didn't want to move and because this is my life this is where mm -hmm. I grew up how dare you move me from my my <laughs> social life yep. um and so anyways um so he actually went down a year before and my mom and I stayed and so um I did things that I wouldn't normally do um because I wanted to spend time with those friends that I I necessarily wouldn't have to if I did my usual things and so I joined marching band I was in the color guard I would have never thought to do that i did track which as randy davenport knows i am not a runner um so that was god's joke um and so anyways i short girl tried hurdles this girl cannot jump um and so i just ended up being on the sidelines and i would just hang out and be social butterfly that mm -hmm. i am and um anyways i i guess i would talk to people at the bleachers and everything but we'll fast forward right so i moved to south carolina moved back from South Carolina up to Northern Virginia in the DC area. And I was a living nanny for one of our pastors at our church while I was going to college and I got mono and, um, it was a blizzard. Right. And so I'm getting all these crazy calls from all these random numbers of like high school friends of mine. that are saying, Hey, so-and-so is really trying to get a hold of you. Um, they're in the hospital. They really want you. And I'm, and it's one of those things like, you know, you, grow up in this town and you know people but it wasn't like someone I would say like we were great friends with or um but yeah I definitely knew the name and so I was like what in the world and so finally I got a call from one of my good friends and she was like in tears and she's like Amy you really need to go and so um so it was about 45 minutes of a drive in a snowstorm in a snowstorm mm. and um my dad's like probably like Ugh. um but anyway so I went down there and um I kid you not, I don't really remember talking to this person during that time at the track, you know, because it was just so many years ago. And um, so anyways, the mom's coming to get me and is in tears. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Lord, help me, like, give me wisdom, discernment, something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And um, and so I go into the room and the girl's dying and um mm -hmm. And she said, I'm so glad you made it. And um, and I'm Dan will tell you, I'm terrible with memory, so especially medical stuff, because yeah, I'm a wimp. And so I just kind of blocked that out. But I forgot what what was going on with her. But um she said, Amy, I just wanted to thank you because um of all those talks that we had on the track field, um when you moved, I kept asking people, I'm like, what is with her? What's with that girl? What's different about her? And so some of my friends were like, well, you know, like probably listing all my quirks. And they're like, well, she's a Christian, you know. And um, and so it just kind of spurred on this like curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
she ended up going to church and then her whole family was saved. And mm-hmm. so through that, by her coming to know the Lord, she ended up witnessing and then she helped out with VBS and then got, you know, siblings involved. And so she wanted to thank me because she knew that she was going to have the hope of living savior and that she would see them. And so it just was one of those like moments where I'm like, Lord, like, what in the world? Like, and so he showed me like, again, back to that consistency of when you're in that walk with the Lord, you know, and people see you, whether it's in the peaks, the mundane days or the whatever, that consistency with the Lord, it's the overflow of what you're doing. And so he used me when I didn't even, I mean, I was just being chatty Kathy, you know? And so, um, so yeah, Dan, you know, reminds me that sometimes I get kind of discouraged sometimes when um things are happening but when you're when you're faithful to the lord you know he'll use you and sometimes you don't need to be the hey knocking on the door do you Mm -hmm. know do you have a personal relationship with the lord you know and sometimes it'll just happen you know and so yeah it's just very humbling to know that that god would use me in a way like that you know so it's just a really powerful story to me to hear her tell that because that young lady passed away and that mother thank was thanking Amy, you know, because through, through just, just her knowing that Amy was a Christian and then, you know, the Lord, you know, worked through her whole family. Yeah. And, uh, it's just powerful to me to see, to see God at work and, and even when we don't know it, yeah, you know? Yeah. We've talked we, about before. One of my favorite illustrations is, um, we're kind of called to be mirrors, and the the point of a mirror is not to be seen, but to reflect. Mm-hmm. And if you can reflect the glory of God, and let me kind of get out of the way, as long as I am, you know, polished and shiny, and there's there's nothing on it that kind of mars that reflection. Like that's my whole job is just to hopefully just show people Christ instead of myself. And it sounds like that's they saw they saw Christ through you. That's awesome. You know, God is God is good. I just mm. I just love the fact that here I am, you know, and I say that and here we are in our living room yeah. doing a podcast, you know, and uh, it's just I just I love the Lord. You know, even like today. I, here you go. Here's today. <laughs> today was not a great day for Dan. I'm sorry. man. I just just I don't know. I was getting the 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 Scrooge, you know, the oh, Christmas, you know, because I was out trying to do stuff and everything I tried to do just was a brick wall. You know, I wanted to get this one item and they were out and I wanted to get this other thing and couldn't do it and just really got grumpy and it really hit me (laughs) on the way back home that it's the enemy trying to get in this moment right here Mm -hmm. because because of the possibility that someone may hear something in what I hope what I've said or what Amy said or you talk, you know, just that that the Holy Spirit, you know, reaches someone or many someones. Um, and it's just it's it was just a uh, uh, just a testament to me just in this day that, you know, as long as we acknowledge him and and seek the Lord and put him up first and. And let all this other day-to-day stuff kind of fluff off to the side. Um, powerful things can happen, you yeah. know. Amen. Well, 
uh, before we wrap up tonight's special episode, I just want to thank you guys, um, Dan thank and you. Amy, for sharing your journeys, um, talking through this, for opening your home. Um, I think your stories are a powerful reminder of how God works, even when we're not conscious of it. Amen. Love that. So um, to all of our Temple family and friends listening, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, and all of the joy that comes from from Christ in this time. Uh, if you'd like to connect with our church, learn more about what we do, uh, you can visit us at temple.church. Uh, you can call the office. Uh, you can email at templetalk at temple.church. Um, and I think as tonight has, has said, uh, your stories matter. You are worthy, and we look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, may the grace and peace of Christ be with you all. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. We hope that digging into God's Word together has enriched your perspective and brought encouragement. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, feel free to email them at templetalk at temple.church. You can also visit our website at temple.church for more resources. We pray God will continue to bless you and your loved ones as you seek Him in Scripture. We'll see you next time on Temple Talk. Temple Talk.